Shalom, Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. Shalom, my dear brothers and sisters. I would like you please to open in this ministry meeting the fourth chapter of the book of Daniel. And in this session, we will look over the second half of this chapter four. Really, it is the portion that is found from Daniel 4 verses 19 to 37. And really the topic of this message is the interpretation of the dream of the high tree, of the great tree that Nebuchadnezzar have dreamed. And so we will read from verse 19. If you open your Bible and follow me, I'm reading from verse 19 of Daniel chapter 4. And we read, then Daniel, whose name was Belt Shazar, was astonished for one hour, and his thoughts troubled him. The king spake and said, Belshazzar, let not the dream or the interpretation thereof trouble thee, Belshazzar answer, and said, My lord, the dream be to them that hate thee and the interpretation thereof to thine enemies. The tree that thou sawest, which grew and was strong, whose height reached unto heaven, and the sight thereof to all the earth, whose leaves were fair, and the fruit thereof much, and in it was meat for all, under which the beasts of the field dwelt, and upon whose branches the fowls of the heaven had their habitation, it is thou, O king, that are grown and become strong, for thy greatness is grown, and reaches unto heaven, and thy dominion to the end of the earth. And whereas the king saw a watcher and an holy one coming down from heaven, and saying, Hew the tree down, and destroy it, yet leave the stump of the roots thereof in the earth, even with a band of iron and brass in the tender grass of the field, and let it be wet with the dew of heaven, and let his portion be with the beasts of the field, till seven time pass over him. This is the interpretation, O king, and this is the decree of the Most High, which is come upon my Lord the king. The day shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and they shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and they shall wet thee with the dew of heaven and seven times shall pass over thee till thou know that the Most High ruleth 
in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will. And whereas they commanded to leave the stump of the tree roots, thy kingdom shall be sure unto thee, after that thou shalt have known that the heavens do rule. Wherefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee, and break off thy sins by righteousness, and thine iniquities by showing mercy to the poor, if it may be a lengthening of thy tranquility. All this came upon the king Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of twelve months, he walked in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon. The king spake and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? While the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O king Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee, and they shall drive thee for men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beast of the field. They shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and seven times shall pass over thee until thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will. The same hour was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from men. He did eat grass as oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till his hair were grown like eagles, feather, and his nails like birds' claws. And at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, and he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? At that same time, my reason return unto me. And for the glory of my kingdom, mine honor and brightness return unto me, and my counselors and my Lord sought unto me. And I was established in my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added unto me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven, all whose works are true, and his ways judgment, and those that walk in pride he is able to abase. Well, beloved brothers and sisters, I read Daniel chapter 4, 
from verse 19 to the end of this fourth chapter. This is an amazing chapter because in this chapter we learn of the way in which the God of heaven, the God of Hananiah, Azariah, Mishael, the God of Daniel, have dealt with a man that was so proud, the king of Babylon by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. To remind you that Nebuchadnezzar received the privileged position to be the first monarch that will lead the whole world, beginning with being the king of Babylon, for a long period of time that is called by our Lord Jesus the Messiah in Luke 21 and verse 24, the times of the Gentiles. In Hebrew, Etot HaGoyim, a period of time which began from the removal of the Jewish people from the land of Israel, from the city of Jerusalem. In those three dates, 605 B.C., 597 B.C., and finally 586 B.C., where the temple was destroyed in the city of Jerusalem, and the Babylonian and Nebuchadnezzar took the Jewish people captive to the land of Babel. He left the poor there in the land, but the vast majority of our people of all, the people of Judah, were taken captive to the land of Babylon. And so this Nebuchadnezzar was a proud man, a man that needed to be dealt by God, who ultimately dealt with him and removed him from the privileged position for certain length of time, and once he was broken and restored and confessed his sins before God and exalted the true God of heaven, the God of Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, God restored him into his position. This is fascinating to learn, beloved brothers and sisters, because in every generation we can see how God is ultimately the one who deal with the human Race. God is the one that is able to change hearts. He is sovereign, and in His providence, He is shifting the affairs of this world in which we live in. Well, we have already studied Daniel chapter 4, verses 1 to 18, and in the previous lesson together, we have learned of Nebuchadnezzar's dream of the high, the great tree. He wanted to know the meaning of that dream. And so, of course, if we have already learned in the first 18 verses of Daniel chapter 4, he called all the wise men of Babylon once again. He asked from them to give him the interpretation, but the magician, the astrologers, the Kaladins, they could not help him. He told them the dream, but they did not make known unto me, he said in verse 7 of chapter 4, they did not make unto me the interpretation thereof. And so finally, Daniel came. Daniel's name now, the Babylonian name, was Belteshazzar, which is a pagan name that was given him by Nebuchadnezzar. His Hebrew name is Daniel. My judge is God. And Daniel was the one that Nebuchadnezzar 
ask him now to give him the interpretation of this dream. Daniel have already given him the interpretation of the dream of the great image in that is found in Daniel chapter 2. Earlier, years earlier, have already given him this interpretation of the dream that he dreamt. Now, this second dream, the dream of the great tree, no one could give him the interpretation and its meaning, and Daniel was called, Daniel is now presenting before Nebuchadnezzar the interpretation of this amazing second dream. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, we have concluded in our previous study these final verses, especially verse 17, where Daniel was giving to Nebuchadnezzar the dream and the details concerning the dream. And if you remember, he said to Nebuchadnezzar, as Nebuchadnezzar actually sharing the dream with Daniel, and then, of course, Daniel is giving him now the interpretation, but Nebuchadnezzar mentioned that he saw in his dream a watcher, a holy one, this is an angel. In that dream, that angel pronounced something that would come upon the tree which Nebuchadnezzar saw in his dream, to hew it down, to cut it down, to shake the leaves, to scatter the fruit, all the beasts to turn away from that tree, and only to leave at the stump and the roots that will be remaining in the ground, and that it will remain wet, and that also it will be surrounded by metal and protected for a while, because in that dream there is also a view of restoration of Nebuchadnezzar the king. And the reason we have also mentioned in verses 17 and 18, this matter is by the decree of the watchers, this is the angelic being, that really demanded by the word of the holy ones in order that the living may know that the Most High God, He is ruling in the kingdom of man, that He giveth it to whomsoever He will, and He setteth up over it the basest of men. In other words, all the kingdoms that were given to mankind is really given to mankind because the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth, He is the one that rules over the kingdom. Of all kingdoms of men, He is ruling over the governments today. Whichever country we live in, it is God who is ruling over the affairs of the governments today, even though it sounds like and it seems like as if the human race making their own decision on their own and they are doing things without God being aware of it. But beloved brothers and sisters, we do learn from the Word of God that every power, the powers that be are ordained of God. Romans chapter 13 in verse 1. In other words, God allows rulers to rule. God setting rulers in this world, whether it is kings and governors and rulers, whether it is prime ministers and presidents, God is the one that allows things to happen the way they are. Of course, He is expecting for men to turn to Him, confess their sins, 
and rule in a godly way, but God is aware of the affairs that are going on, beloved brothers and sisters, in this world. And so it is important for us to see that, because here in this chapter, chapter 4 of the book of Daniel, we learn how God was the one that is now removing King Nebuchadnezzar from the privileged place that he had for a certain time, seven years, until he ultimately restored him and placed him back to rule over the Babylonian kingdom. So let's continue now from verse 19 on in this ministry meeting. Notice that in these verses 19 to 27, now Daniel's interpretation of the dream of the great tree. And so now after Daniel have heard the story of how Nebuchadnezzar present before him what he saw, now notice this, Daniel, of course, being a man of God, receiving information directly from the God of heaven, for the God of Israel. And so in verse 19, Daniel was really astonished after he heard what Nebuchadnezzar had to say. So in verse 19, we read Daniel, whose name was Belshazzar, again to remind you, that's the name that according to chapter 1, Nebuchadnezzar was the one who gave him that name after his own pagan god, which means the god Baal protect his life. We read it in chapter 1 and verse 7. It says he was astonished, we read, for one hour. And his thoughts troubled him. Now, in other words, Daniel, when he heard what Nebuchadnezzar shared with him, and of course, he by revelation of the God of heaven received already the information from God. He knew what is going on. So he was troubled because he knew what it meant. And so, notice what we read. Nebuchadnezzar saw that Daniel was troubled and that Daniel was astonished. So in verse 19b, the king spake and said, Belshazzar, let not a dream or the interpretation thereof trouble thee. Then Belshazzar, which is Daniel, he answered and he said, Notice that Daniel really cared for the king. Daniel wanted the blessing for King Nebuchadnezzar. He had worked with him now for years. He had served Nebuchadnezzar as a leader of the, the first kingdom of Babylon during the times of the Gentiles when the Jewish people are away from the nation, from the land of Israel, Daniel in the diaspora in Babylon served that king. Of course, in a godly manner. And so notice what he says. He's wishing to him not to have what the dream meant. It says in verse 19 at the end, My Lord, the dream be unto them that hate thee. The interpretation thereof, to thine enemies. See, Daniel did not want that what the dream meant will fall upon Nebuchadnezzar. And he said to him, May it be falling upon them that hate you. And may it will be what it means, fall upon your enemies, King Nebuchadnezzar. But notice now in verse 20 to 26, Daniel now informed Nebuchadnezzar and giving to him now the interpretation. And notice that, first of all, in verse 20 and 21, he explained the meaning of the tree. He explained the meaning of the tree in verse 20. 
Daniel said, The tree that thou sowest, which grew and was strong, whose height reached unto the heaven, and the side thereof to all the earth, whose leaves were fair, and the fruit thereof much, and in it was meat for all, and the which the beast of the field dwelt, and upon whose branches the fowls of the heavens had their habitation. Notice, in verse 22, immediately, It is thou, O king. So in verse 20, 21, in the first portion of verse 22, Daniel say, basically, the tree is you, Nebuchadnezzar. The tree which grew and became strong and was very high, and it was a wide and its sight was all over the earth. The leaves were fair, the fruit was much, there was food for all, even the beast of the field and the fowl of the earth they came and dwelt there, this tree representing you, King Nebuchadnezzar. And to remind you, beloved brothers and sisters, that we have already mentioned that the Bible, the Word of God, oftentimes present before us men like trees. We have already looked at the first psalm that the Scripture gives us, Mizmo in Hebrew, Psalm 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the law of the Lord does he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. In other words, a godly man is like a tree that is growing planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. In other words, Nebuchadnezzar had prospered, and of course he was not a godly man, as Psalm 1, verses 1 and 2 and 3 present the godly man, but Nebuchadnezzar received the kingdom from the God of Israel, the God of heaven, who handed unto him by divine design, judging his people Israel, removing them because of sin away from the land. This a period of time called the times of the Gentiles to begin by a pagan king that received the kingdom from the hand of God. Nebuchadnezzar should have realized that because he had already heard about the God of Daniel in chapter 2, the God of Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael in Daniel chapter 3. In a history that is years have passed by, and he already knew the God of heaven, but in pride, he who was exalted by God now have already built another image which we read in Daniel chapter 3, made out of gold, expecting the whole world to fall at the feet of that image of gold representing himself. And so because of this pride and the arrogance that he had, God is now dealing with Nebuchadnezzar and he is dealing with him by judging him and using this tree, the great tree, that represented the greatness of the kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar, 
and then we will see how the judgment will fall upon that great tree, which is none else but representing King Nebuchadnezzar himself. And so after we read verse 20, 21, the first a few words of verse 22 of Daniel 4, when Daniel said to Nebuchadnezzar, You are that tree. It is thou, O king. And then notice that in verse 22b, Daniel points directly to Nebuchadnezzar and he's showing him the growth that he received and the blessing that he received from the God of heaven. Listen to verse 22. He says, It is thou, O king, that are grown and become strong, for thy greatness is grown, and reaches unto heaven, and thy dominion to the end of the earth. You, Nebuchadnezzar, had universal dominion. You, Nebuchadnezzar, according to chapter 2, verse 37 and 38, you, Nebuchadnezzar, have been blessed by God. Thou, and I'm reading Daniel 2, verse 37 and 38, Thou, O king, are the king of kings, for the God of heaven has given thee kingdom, power, strength, and glory. And wheresoever the children of men dwelt, the beasts of the field and the fowls of the heaven, hath he, this is the God of heaven, given into thine hand, and hath made thee ruler over them all. You, Nebuchadnezzar, receive from the God of heaven universal dominion. That's what now Daniel is repeating in verse 22 of Daniel chapter 4, presenting before Nebuchadnezzar the greatness of his kingdom, which is represented by the great tree in the dream that Nebuchadnezzar have dreamed. So, beloved brothers and sisters, in verses 23 to 26, now Daniel explain the decree of that angel that we read of him earlier that he made a decree. To remind you, in the dream, Nebuchadnezzar saw, verse 13, he saw in the vision on my head, upon my bed, and behold, a watcher and an holy one. This is the same person. A watcher is one that watch that God's declaration will come to fruition. A holy one is one that is sanctified and set apart for God's glory and God's service. These are the angels. They are ministering spirits. And so he now came from heaven and made a declaration. Hew down the tree, cut it down. Shake the leaves, scatter the fruit, get away all the beasts from underneath it. And you see, Daniel is now explaining what the watcher have said. And notice what we read here in verse 23. He says, And where is thou saw the watcher and the holy one coming down from heaven and saying, Hew the tree down, destroy it, leave the stump of the roots thereof, in the earth, even with the band of iron and brass in the tender grass of the field, 
and let it be wet with the dew of heaven, and let his portion be with the beast of the field till seven times pass over him. You notice, Daniel is explaining to Nebuchadnezzar, and he said to him, you remember what you saw? You saw the angel, and you heard what he said, to hew down the tree, and to destroy it, and so on. But he also said, leave the stump of the roots thereof in the earth. In other words, don't destroy it completely, and keep it surrounded by a band of iron to protect it, with wire around it, and brass, and then the remaining in the tender grass of the field, in other words, be sustained by the dew that came down from heaven, and to be wet, so in other words, that stamp will not ultimately die, because it, God will maintain it using the dew that came down from heaven, and yet that the portion of that tree will be with the beasts of the field, until seven times pass over. Well, beloved brothers and sisters, we have already learned that the seven time represents seven years, and so that watcher, which is the angel that pronounced the word of the Lord, is the one that pronounced the fact that the tree will be cut down and destroyed, yet the stump and the roots will remain sustained. And yet, let the tree be wet with the dew of heaven, and his portion will be with the beast of the field. You know, when the tree is out there in the field, and even though you cut down all the branches, and you leave just the stump below, all surrounded by grass and so on, the roots remain there, maintain wet, keep alive as it were. And then all this is in view of the restoration of the tree. But notice, the portion of that stump will be with the beasts of the field. It shows us that it will remain in the field for seven times, seven years, until the time of restoration. That's what we learn from verse 23. And you notice now, in verse 24, this interpretation... Daniel is saying to the king, it's really a decree that came from God. That watcher, that angel represented God. And God was the one that gave this decree. Notice what it says in verse 24. This is the interpretation, O king, and this is the decree of the Most High which is come upon my Lord the King. In other words, the Most High God. This is the one of whom we read in Genesis 14, verse 18. Genesis 14, verse 19, 20, 22. This is the God of Abraham. The God who was the one that called Abraham to serve him, to live for him, to make a nation out of him. This is the very same God that sent Abraham to go to Malkit Sedek, the king of Shalem, who was the priest of the Most High God. We read of him in verses 18 and 19 in Genesis 14. And Malkit Zedek, king of Shalem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. 
And he blessed him. And he said, Blessed be Avram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. The word Most High God is really El Elyon. He is the highest of all. There is no one like God. And also he is the possessor of heaven and earth because he is the creator of heaven and earth. So that creator of heaven and earth, that possessor of heaven and earth, have declared a decree against Nebuchadnezzar because of his pride and arrogance and lack of turning to the God of heaven in repentance. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, we read in the next verses, in Daniel chapter 4, verse 25 and 26, what will happen to King Nebuchadnezzar because of his pride and the decree that God have declared concerning this proud king of Babylon? Listen to what we read in verse 25 and verse 26. That they, listen, after we read, the decree of the Most High, which is come upon my Lord, Daniel said to the king, that they shall drive thee from men, Nebuchadnezzar, you will be driven from men, your dwelling shall be with the beast of the field, and they shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and they shall wet thee with the dew of heaven. And seven times shall pass over thee, over you, Nebuchadnezzar. And then at the end of verse 25, we read, Till thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will. See what we learn here, that God pronounced a judgment upon Nebuchadnezzar. God pronounces a judgment, you, Nebuchadnezzar, you will be driven away from mankind. You will dwell with the beast of the field. You will be made to eat grass like an oxen. And you will be wet from the dew of heaven. You're going to be outdoor. You're going to live outside. And seven times, seven years will pass by over thee until you will know, Nebuchadnezzar, that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and he giveth it to whomsoever he will. To remind you that we have already read it in verse 17. When Nebuchadnezzar shared with Daniel about their dream, and that he heard this in the dream, he heard the statement that the watcher and the Holy One have said. And so we read in verse 26, And whereas they commanded to leave the stump of the tree roots, thy kingdom shall be sure unto thee, after that thou shalt have known that the heavens do rule. Daniel, by presenting before Nebuchadnezzar that interpretation of the dream, once again the angels, that used men to speak the word of the Lord, they commanded that the stump will remain with the roots, and the kingdom 
that belong to Nebuchadnezzar given to him by God will be restored after that Nebuchadnezzar shall have known that the heavens do rule. Beloved brothers and sisters, this is amazing because in the life of each and every one of us, God is seeking to teach us the lesson of humility. And it seems to be that the pride of man dies last because we have it because of the sin nature that we have and pride in us really dies last. That's why we are often again and again are exhorted by the word of the Lord to be those that are exercising humility and not having this pride. And we always need to remember this in our life because God constantly is speaking to his own people because we might for a while have a better attitude, but at the time, quickly, we are turning away from the will of the Lord. According to James 4, 6b, we read, God resists the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. That is the desire of God from the life of God's people. That is the desire from you, from me, from all humanity, especially from God's people. He desires humility in the life of God's people. First Peter 5, 5 says in the middle, God resists the proud, but he gives grace unto the humble. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. First Peter 5, Verses 5 and 6. Beautiful lessons to learn here. But here we have this monarch. This man that ruled over the world in his time. This man that received a universal kingdom. This man by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. The king of Babylon. The monarch that began the times of the Gentile. Here we see the pronouncement of judgment against him because of his arrogance and because of his pride. But now notice, beloved brothers and sisters, Daniel is appealing to Nebuchadnezzar. Just like God is appealing to men today. God is appealing. He desires that men, that people, that you and I will change our behavior and our conduct. He desires that we will be a humble people. And we need, in order to do so, he is appealing to us. And here Daniel is appealing to King Nebuchadnezzar before the actual judgment would come. So we read in verse 27 of Daniel 4, Wherefore, O king, notice this, Daniel is appealing to him. Wherefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee. In other words, listen to my advice to you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Listen to what I counsel you because my counsel will help you and will bless you if you will listen to my advice. I will give you a godly advice, he's saying to him. And notice what he said. Break off thy sins by righteousness and thine iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. In other words, he's saying break off, number one, your sins by doing righteous acts 
And number two, break off your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. Nebuchadnezzar, in other words, beloved brothers and sisters, it is really what we learn from the Word of God of the importance of repentance towards God and faith in our Lord Jesus the Messiah. While the Messiah was not born as yet, but the God of heaven offered a way of salvation, a way of returning to God. He using his servant Daniel, who gives Nebuchadnezzar counsel. And the counsel is, turn to God, turn away from your sins, do righteousness, turn away from your iniquities, and show mercy to the poor. Doesn't it remind us what we read in Isaiah chapter 1 when God appeared to his own people, to our own nation Israel? You remember, God said to Israel in verse 16 to verse 19 of Isaiah chapter 1, Wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do well. Seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the widows. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Notice this, I read Isaiah 1 verses 16 to 20, where the Lord appealed to his own people of Israel before the days when King Nebuchadnezzar came to destroy Jerusalem and to burn the temple and to carry our people of all, the people of Israel, to the diaspora, the dispersion, to Babylon. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Here Daniel is appealing to Nebuchadnezzar and he said to him, Let my counsel be acceptable unto thee. He's saying to Nebuchadnezzar, Break off thy sins by righteousness and thine iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. Notice he continued at the end of verse 27, If it may be a lengthening of thy tranquility. In other words, if you will have additional rest, God can extend your time of ruling and reigning in rest and in peace and you will be blessed. But you must turn away, you must break off your sins, and you must break off your iniquities, because you were not dealing with your subject in the right way. So, beloved brothers and sisters, we read also in Isaiah 55 and verse 7, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, and He will abundantly pardon. In a sense, beloved brothers and sisters, we can say it in a New Testament language. 
The words of Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Turn away from your evil way, and you will be blessed if you only turn away to me. That is what God is saying to Nebuchadnezzar through Daniel before the announcing and the coming of the judgment upon Nebuchadnezzar. There was a time for him to change. In Proverbs chapter 28, we read in verse 13, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. But whoso confesses and forsakes them shall have mercy. Beloved brothers and sisters, this is fascinating what we learn here from the appeal of Daniel to King Nebuchadnezzar. Notice what we read in the book of Acts chapter 8 and verse 22 in a New Testament language. Repent therefore of this thy wickedness and pray God if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. This is what we read concerning this person by the name of Simon that was using sorcery and bewitching people. That was the appeal towards him, that he will repent and that he will turn away from his wickedness and pray to God. Well, will Nebuchadnezzar respond to the counsel that Daniel is given to him? Well, sadly, Nebuchadnezzar did not turn to God, did not break his sins and his iniquities. And notice what we read in the next verses. Verses 28 to verse 33. Beloved brothers and sisters, Nebuchadnezzar's dream is now fulfilled as it was predicted by God through the angel. And Daniel is now telling Nebuchadnezzar and showing to us how the fulfillment of the judgment of God would fall upon Nebuchadnezzar himself. And so we read in verse 28 and verse 29a, all this came upon the king Nebuchadnezzar. Notice verse 29 continue at the end of 12 months. In other words, one year had passed by and Nebuchadnezzar didn't change. He didn't break his sins. He didn't break his iniquities. He didn't do righteousness. He didn't show mercy to the poor, which was an evidence that the heart did not change, the pride in him remained. And so after 12 months, we read that it's really all this that was pronounced by the angel, and Daniel is revealing the interpretation. All this fell upon Nebuchadnezzar 12 months later. And notice what we read in verse 29b and verse 30, we read about the pride of Nebuchadnezzar. And you can see how pride comes before the fall, beloved brothers and sisters. And listen to this very interesting portion. In verse 29b we read, He walked in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon, and the king spake and said, Is not this great Babylon? that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty. Notice that. Verse 29 and verse 30. 
the pride of Nebuchadnezzar as he walking in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon. And he said, listen, one more time, the king spake and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? Now, beloved brothers and sisters, he walked in the palace, in a kingdom, in the city of Babylon. And we read amazing information we have about this Babylon city and the kingdom of Babylon that Nebuchadnezzar ruled over. We read many records we have concerning the Babylonian golden age. Listen to what we read. Babylon enjoy its special days during the 7th and 6th century BCE, when it was believed to be the largest city in the world, a new dynasty founded by a tribe known as the Chaldeans had wrested control from the Assyrians in the early 600s BCE. The second ruler of the Chaldeans line became notorious for both cruelty and opulence. Nebuchadnezzar II, the king who sacked Jerusalem and sent the captive Jewish people to the capital of his new and increasingly powerful regional empire. This is the empire of Babylon. We continue. He was a successful military man. Nebuchadnezzar used the wealth he garnered from other lands to rebuild a glorious Babylon. A glorified Babylon. He completed and strengthened the city's defense, including digging a moat, a canal, and building new city walls. Beautification projects were on the agenda as well. The grand processional way was paved with limestone. Temples were renovated and rebuilt, and the glorious Ishtar Gate was erected. Construction of glazed blue bricks and uh, embalmished with bulls and dragons. The city gate features an inscription attributed to Nebuchadnezzar that says, listen to this, I placed wild bulls and furious dragons in the gateways and thus adorned them with luxurious splendor so that people might gaze on them in wonder. Babylonian citizens saw their city as a paradise and the center of the world and symbol of cosmic harmony that had come into existence when its supreme divinity 
the god Marduk defeated the forces of chaos. The spread of the cult of Marduk across Mesopotamia was a proof of Babylon's prestige. No ancient city was so desired and feared and so admired. And ultimately, of course, the city was eventually denigrated. But it was a city that people that lived, there were over a million people who live in the city of Babylon. But, as we will read, Nebuchadnezzar was a tyrant. Babylon became a terrible nation that the king conquered Jerusalem, as we know it from the first chapter of Daniel, chapter 1, in the early 6th century, 605 BC, and he exiled the Jewish people to the land of Babylon. And to remind you, beloved friend, the verse that we read once and again in Psalm 137, by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down and we wept as we remember Zion. Amazing how we read these verses in Psalm 137. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, Babylon was an amazing city. And, of course, King Nebuchadnezzar was priding himself, as we read here in our verses before us, where he said, Is not this great Babylon, verse 30, that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? And notice that, beloved brothers and sisters, because of his pride, Twelve months have passed by, he did not repent, and now the judgment of God fell upon Nebuchadnezzar. Notice this, as we read here verse 31 and verse 32, Then the voice from God came and pronounced the judgment itself. While, verse 31, while the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O king Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee, and they shall drive thee for men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and seven times shall pass over thee until thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whom soever he will. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, there was the pronouncement of the judgment by God himself. Because we did read in these verses, verse 31, there was a voice that came from heaven saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken. The kingdom is departed from thee. And now he, the pronouncement upon Nebuchadnezzar was given by God, which the angel used, pronouncing this judgment. And so you notice that, that Nebuchadnezzar will be driven from men. He will dwell with the wild beast of the field. He will eat grass as oxen. And seven times, that is seven years, will pass over him until he will learn that great lesson that the Most High ruling in the kingdom of men, and he giveth it to whomsoever he will. Now this is 
amazing because that expression here in verse 32, they shall dry thee for men, and your dwelling shall be with the beast of the field, and they shall make thee eat grass and oxen, apparently, and Nebuchadnezzar will become sick with, with a sickness that is often called by some boanthropy. Boanthropy simply means that a person like Nebuchadnezzar, a one that will believe that he is becoming like a cow or like an ox, it is really a disorder that will come to his mind. Listen to what we read in some of the writing concerning boanthropy. The most famous sufferer of this condition of boanthropy was King Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men and did eat grass as oxen. Nebuchadnezzar was the king of the Babylonian Empire from 605 to 562 BCE. He conquered, as we know, Judah and Jerusalem. He sent out Jewish people to exile. He was also credited with building the hanging gardens of Babylon, which became one of the most well-known gardens in the then-known world. Nebuchadnezzar was humbled by God for boasting about his achievement. He lost his reason, his sanity, and he lived like an animal for seven years. When his sanity will return, later on, then he will be restored and he ultimately we will see that he will praise God. Beside boanthropy, in Hebrew it is called bonetrapoia, other explanation for this behavior includes hallucination and depression and anxiety and even paranoia. And this is what happened to Nebuchadnezzar when the pronouncing of God through the watcher was placed upon him because of his pride. He did not listen to the counsel of Daniel in Daniel 4 verse 27. He did not break his sins by doing righteousness. He did not break his iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. He continued on and after 12 months, there was that pronouncement that came by God through his servant, and Nebuchadnezzar became that person that really was in depression, having anxiety, paranoia, hallucination. He have received that which is called boanthropy. It is Definitely a disorder, a mental disorder that was placed upon King Nebuchadnezzar. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, we continue now in Daniel chapter 4, in verse 33. Notice that the same hour was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar. Look what happened to him. Nebuchadnezzar, it said that he was driven from men. He did eat grass as ox. His body was wet with the dew of heaven. And his hairs were grown like eagles, feathered, and his nails like birds' claws. 
And so, beloved brothers and sisters, Nebuchadnezzar received the judgment of God, which was really mental disorder, depression or anxiety or paranoia. And he now began to behave like an animal, to think that he is like an ox, like an animal. And for seven years, he lived away from people. He was driven, as we read here in verse 33, he was driven from man. He didn't live among men. He lived among the animals. He ate grass like an ox. His body was wet with the dew of heaven. He was living outdoor. And even his hair grew like eagle's feathers. And his nails grew like bird's claws. Historically, much was written about what happened to Nebuchadnezzar during this time. And you know, this is like a sickness that some unfortunately experience where they are so depressed and have so much anxiety and paranoia that they don't anymore feel as if they are human beings. And sadly, that judgment fell upon Nebuchadnezzar and it all came upon him because of pride. And again, pride is sin. Sin entered into this world by the pride of Adam, who said to God, Really, by eating of the tree, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he really said to God, God, you gave me everything to the north, everything to the south, everything to the east, everything to the west. You have given me everything in the garden of delight, but you told me not to eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and I will eat it even if I was told not to do so. And by doing this, he brought about the whole human race into sin, which brings about the departure from God and the sinful condition which we all find ourselves under. And it is only the grace of God that provides for us forgiveness of sins, which come to us through the person of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, who was the one that came from heaven and He died for the sin of this world, and provide for us redemption. And oh, how wonderful to know that today by grace are ye saved through faith. And that is not of yourself, it is a gift of God, lest any man should boast. We receive the grace of God by believing the person that provided salvation for us. But Nebuchadnezzar did not break his sins. He did not break iniquities. He continued in his own way, and the judgment fell upon him. And the seven years, can you imagine? For seven years, Nebuchadnezzar behaved in such a way that he had paranoia, anxiety, depression. And he... Imagine himself to be like an ox, like an animal, eating grass, being outdoor, away from men for seven years. His hair grew like eagle's feathers. His nails grew like bird's claws. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, listen to the conclusion of this chapter. Because if you remember, the stump remained. The grace of God 
leaving the stump of the tree sustained by the dew that came down from heaven. That's the grace of God. And so you notice what we read at the end here from verse 34, 35, 36, verse 37, the restoration of Nebuchadnezzar. When God judged him for these seven years, notice what we read, then a change began. In verse 34, the end of the seven years, Nebuchadnezzar, now listen, he lifted up his eyes, we read, and at the end of the days, this is the end of the seven years, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven. Notice, as an animal, assuming that he was an ox, his eyes were down to the ground. But you see, Now he lifted up his eyes, and he lifted up his eyes to heaven, to the God of heaven, to the God, the most high God that rules over the kingdom of men. He lifted up his eyes unto heaven, and notice all of a sudden, at the end of the seven years, because God gave period of time, and God is faithful to restore and to make an end of the judgment time. And so, we read, Mine eyes was lifted up to heaven, and then my understanding returned to me. In other words, all of a sudden, his understanding, he had no understanding. His understanding was that he was like an animal. He had boanthropy. Really, he felt like he was an ox. And now his reason returned to him, his mind returned to him. And his understanding returned to him, so now he began to bless the Most High God. I bless the Most High, and I praise and honor Him that liveth forever and ever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and His kingdom is from generation to generation. How wonderful to see that in Nebuchadnezzar now, really repenting of his sins and repenting of his iniquities that Daniel charged him already when he told him in verse 27, listen to my counsel. Well, he didn't. He experienced the judgment of God and seven years later, he is now recognizing the fact that God, the Most High, ought to be praised, ought to be honored, that His dominion, His everlasting dominion, and His kingdom is from generation to generation. In verse thirty. Five, we read how God have restored Nebuchadnezzar after his confession and repentance. Here we read in verse 35, And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, and he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say unto him, What do you do? Nebuchadnezzar is saying, and immediately notice, at the same time, verse 36 says, My reason return unto me. So, beloved brothers and sisters, how wonderful that in these verses, 34 and 35, Nebuchadnezzar declared Everything that he should have declared earlier, but he didn't because of his pride. And he mentioned here these wonderful statements concerning the God of heaven, 
that all things is really from the Lord, and that He is the one that do everything according to His will. He is a sovereign God. Beloved brothers and sisters, God is sovereign. And God does as He will. He doesn't ask anyone. He does everything. Paul, I love this verse that Paul says, All the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable are His judgment and His ways past finding out. Romans eleven thirty three. For who has known the mind of the Lord? And who has been His counselor? Or who has first given to Him and it shall be recompensed unto Him? For of him and through him and by him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. Nebuchadnezzar saying, He does everything as he will in the armies of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? And so, beloved brothers and sisters, Nebuchadnezzar was restored after the seven years, and even received greater honor, according to verse 36, we read, And at the same time my reason returned unto me, and for the glory of my kingdom mine honor and brightness returned unto me, and my counselors and my Lord sought unto me, and I was established in my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added unto me. God gave him an additional majesty and additional honor because he is now turned to God, recognizing that the Most High God ruleth over the affair of this man. Now notice at the end of this fourth chapter, now Nebuchadnezzar have a true inner spiritual change in his life. And he states this at the end of this chapter, and Daniel, of course, put it in the record. He is like the scribe that put the testimony of Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar concluded with verse 37 what he began to say in verses 1, 2, and 3. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven, all whose works are true, and his ways judgment, and those that walk in pride he is able to abase. You remember what we began the chapter, chapter 4, verse 1? Nebuchadnezzar, the king, and to all the people, nations, the languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I thought it good to show the signs and wonders that the high God has wrought towards me. How great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. Beloved brothers and sisters, those who walk in pride, God is able to humble, to abase. But those who humble themselves before God, God will surely exalt them and bless them as they live for Him here in this world. May God help us to follow after Him, after the Lord Jesus the Messiah, and live for Him in this world, and learn those lessons that will bring blessing to us all, and give glory to the God who loved us so much. Well, beloved brothers and sisters, this is the end of Daniel chapter 4. Until the next time, we say, Shalom, Shalom. 
You have been listening to the Holy Scriptures and Israel with Gideon Levitam. Gideon teaches God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective. For more information about this ministry, write to Holy Scriptures and Israel, Box 1411, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, L0S1J0, or visit our website at holyscripturesandisrael.com. You are also invited to Gideon's weekly Bible teaching on Fridays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1 p.m. at Willowdale Christian Assembly Hall, 28 Martin Ross Avenue in Toronto. Holy Scriptures and Israel is made possible by your prayers and financial support. If you would like to support the program, visit holyscripturesandisrael.com. God bless you. Shalom, shalom. Thank you.